Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, God, that you are good, that you are for us. And so, God, we receive your blessing in this season and in every season. We know that you are for us, God. And so, Father, I just lift this blessing up tonight to the today uh, on every single person who is worshiping with us right now in this moment that, God, um, they would know that you are for them, that you are with them. We worship you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Got a few people worshiping with us here tonight. Um, maybe it's morning where you are. It's morning for us too. It's wherever time, whatever time you're in, it is the time for us as well. And so welcome, welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine and I'm the lead pastor. And if you're joining us from a gather home today, I want to say a very special welcome to you. We're so glad you're here. Um, I hope that you're able to experience some real community in that place. And, and that in those spaces, you're, you're learning to be known again and to be seen again. And, and, uh, and so we're just so honored to have you in our gather homes. If you're not signed up for a gather home yet and you'd like to, there is availability. There is room. Uh, we are working so hard to keep those environments clean and safe. We are scrubbing down before and after and doing everything that we can to, to uh, keep everyone healthy and safe, but at the same time, be the church to one another. And so we invite you to those spaces. You can find a list of where they are and what's available on our website. Well, uh, and welcome if you're watching online. We're honored that you're with us. Thanks for being here as well. And everyone in the room tonight, today, this morning, thank you so much for coming out. We're glad to have you as well. I wanted to let you know about what's coming over the next couple of weeks. Um, so for the next two Sundays, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be taking some time to rest and recover and seek God on what is happening uh, next. I, I've got to tell you that this has been the most exhausting season of ministry I've ever gone through. I was just uh, watching Pastor Greg Surratt, who's the president of our organization, who uh, Pastor Greg has been in ministry for a couple more decades than me, uh, said the same thing, that this has been the most exhausting season of ministry he's ever had to lead through. And, uh, and so I, I'm going to take some time to get healthy over the next couple weeks to admit, as I talked about last week, hey, it's heavy, and I, and I, and I need to rest a little bit. And so uh, next Sunday, Pastor Robbie is going to be teaching, and he's got a great message that he's already been working on that I can't wait for you to hear. And then after that, I really am excited about this. Uh, that next Sunday, so two Sundays from this Sunday, Pastor Mitch Lunsford is going to be teaching. And Pastor Mitch is one of my close friends. He was my coach that Ark gave me when we were starting this church. He has helped us and been a part of this church uh, ever since before we began. If your life uh, has been touched by the ministry of this church, Pastor Mitch has influenced your life. You just don't know it yet. He is one of the greatest communicators. I listen to him often. He is so talented and gifted in the Spirit, and I cannot wait for you to be able to learn from him with me in a couple weeks. And so that is coming up. And then when we come back from that, um, I'm going to be coming back with a very special message that is all around the, the current vision of our church. And here's why I'm working on that. Because this whole season, as we've been constantly readjusting, me, like most of us, have been kind of keeping our eyes on getting there. 
Okay, let's get there. Let's get through this. Let's get things back to normal. Let's get to the other side of it. And everything's kind of in stasis and survival mode, just looking forward, saying, how do we get there? And what, what I'm realizing is that God hasn't just called me to lead the church in a normal season, or God hasn't called our church to be the church only in the season that is to come, but He's called us to be the church, especially right now here. And if things don't change for a while, uh, I want to share with you our heart and the vision that God has given us for who we are right now in this moment, who we can be and who, what is coming. And so a Vision Sunday is coming up on the third week of July, and I, and I can't wait to share in that with you. Well, tonight, uh, today, this morning, what I'm going to do is talk for a minute, kind of a follow-up on our talk last week. Last week, we spoke about Elijah, and we, we talked about how heavy this season is. I, I titled the message, The Weight, The Weight, like that great song by the band, Take a Load Off. And we needed to take a load off for a minute, and we talked about that and how humility is the cure for heavy. And we've talked a little bit about the ways that we're going to go before God and, and rest and get in His presence and keep serving in the calling that He's given us in this season. But what I really want to talk about today is what happens if we allow God to have control of this season. Because here's what I know about me. I have a tendency, even in prayer, to try to manipulate the outcome of my circumstances. I want to be in control of what happens next. I want to be the one who is deciding uh, what is going to happen. Even when I ask God sometimes, I'm really just asking God to tell me, please God, tell me what I want to hear. What I want to talk about today is uh, what we do even in a season like this one where it's not possible when we struggle to release the control over our lives. I want to take a moment to talk through uh, a story in Genesis about a man named Jacob. Jacob's name means liar, deceiver, or manipulator. And that was his story. His life story for a long time played into his name. He was a twin, and he had a twin brother named Esau. And when they were being born, he started to come out first. And then Esau came out first, and Jacob was clutching his foot, just trying to get out there first, trying to get ahead, even from the beginning. As he grew, he desired that firstborn birthright more and more as he would get older, the honor, the blessing, and the financial wealth that accompanied being the firstborn child in that culture. And so Jacob made a plan to take it. He found Esau one day, and when he was starving, and, and what Jacob did was he used his, the hunger of Esau to manipulate the outcome of their conversation. He took advantage of him. He said, trade me your birthright and I'll give you the food your body needs. Esau, after days in the field, said, sure, anything. Just give me some lentil soup, which doesn't even sound that good. Jacob then disguised himself as Esau to trick his blinding father and convinced his father to give him the blessing of the firstborn. Jacob, liar, deceiver, manipulator. See, Jacob had desired for most of his life to control the outcome of whatever situation that he was in, and things were going well so far. Jacob left home and found a woman that he loved, and he continued to manipulate his circumstances and control the outcome of his life. He asked her father to allow him to marry her, but her father said not until her sister weds first. And the father actually tricks Jacob 
into marrying and spending the wedding night with her sister. This is some serious Old Testament drama here. He used veils, if you're wondering how that's even possible. There were a lot of veils and some curtains involved. Listen, this is a very different culture. So Jacob accidentally marries the wrong woman. But when things didn't work out the way that he wanted, he persisted in trying to get what he wanted. He struck a deal to marry the girl he loved, and he ended up married to two women who were sisters. It's a new meaning to the term sister wives. I'm sure it was great. Jacob's life was filled with struggle that was rooted in him trying to manipulate his circumstances. I wonder how many of us, when we go to God in prayer, are still trying to control our circumstances. I wonder how many of the prayers that go unanswered that we ask God for, prayers that we get frustrated about, that we weren't really about trying to, the prayers that we've been asking God for aren't necessarily about trying to live in God's will or discern the next steps that He has for our lives, but more about asking God to give us the next steps that we want for our lives. And here's the thing, I believe it's okay to pray about your circumstances and to ask for better ones, even and especially in a season like this one. But motivation matters and posture matters. The way that we ask and why we're asking God for things can determine the answers that we get. I believe that we're in a season right now where most of us are experiencing less control over our lives and the world around us than we've ever felt before. That many of us, especially if you're a person like me who really likes to be in control of the circumstances around you, uh, have struggled with not knowing what the future holds, when things are going to return to a level of normal we knew, what our career is going to look like in a year, what is, our, what is the, the situation going to be for school in the fall, what's it going to be like for our kids on the other side of this. We're asking all these questions and there's no good answers. Nobody has them. There's plenty of answers going around, but they're conflicting, they're different, they change every other day. And so I imagine that there are a lot of us who are struggling to understand how we can control this season that we're in. And we're doing it more than ever, grasping at the things that we can control around us in order to have some feeling of control. I think if Jacob could give us some advice about this, if we can look over his life and see what lessons there are to learn, I think the main thing is this. When your life isn't going the direction you hoped for, let God have control of your life. Don't pray prayers in this season asking God to sustain the control you once had in your life. Pray prayers in this season that are releasing your control over your life. It's time for us to give it to God. Your future, your finances, your relationship status. It's time to quit trying to control where this whole thing is headed. And it's time to submit it to God. Not my will, but His will be done. In a moment of history where the status quo is constantly changing, it is time to give up the control we think we have to the only one who has actually ever had it. And here's what I think happens when you allow God to take control of your life. The first thing is this, you will get a new strength. When you release control and you allow God 
to have control, you will gain new strength. Maybe you're worn out, tired, just tired. I was talking to another pastor this past week, and we were sitting there, and I just kind of, don't you hate that the way in America we start many of our conversations is, how are you? Isn't that a terrible question for someone to ask you right now? I keep telling, stop asking me that. I don't want to answer it. I'm tired of telling people how I am. And I always, someone asked me just recently, just a few minutes ago, how I was doing, and I had no idea how to answer. Here's the answer. I'm tired. I'm tired. I feel worn out. And, and it's, it's, there's so many good moments that have happened over the last few weeks. I've got so many things to be grateful for. God has been so good. I can see God moving in and around this church and in the lives of people. I'm grateful for the way that we've got to continue to share the gospel in a season where it's been difficult because of the blessing of technology. I'm grateful for a lot of things, but I'm also tired. I'm tired because I have just been trying to control what the end of this is going to be. Maybe you're in a similar place. You've been trying to control your circumstances, and they are completely out of control right now. And I bet you're exhausted, ready for rest. If you can learn this amazing ability to allow God to have control of your life, to give it up to Him, if you let God have control, you won't have to do this all by yourself anymore. You won't have the pressure of carrying this weight alone anymore. And you'll gain a new strength. Last week, I shared the story of, of uh, how I always tell Rael, it's not heavy, it's awkward. And she comes along and picks up the other side for me. And all of a sudden, I'm able to, to carry it. When we allow God to have control over our lives, that's the moment where we're humbling ourselves and saying, this is heavy and I don't want to carry it by myself anymore. When we release control to God, we gain a new strength. Jacob gets to a point in his life where he has this encounter with God. It's in Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 25. It says, This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. This is a wild story in the Bible. Well, most people believe this is an angel. This is the presence of God. This is something supernatural that Jacob is wrestling with. Here's what the story looks like so far. Jacob has spent his whole life manipulating his circumstances in order to get the outcome he wants. And now he's in this wrestling match with God where there is absolutely no way he can control the outcome. It sounds a little bit familiar to me. Maybe it has always worked for you before to try and, and move the chess pieces around to control where your life was going to go. But right now, in this season, in the way the world is all around us, it's not working anymore. We find ourselves in a wrestling match with something way beyond our control. Jacob is fighting for control over his life, and now God is here with him, saying, just submit it to me, Jacob. I've got good plans for you. But Jacob will not relent or submit his control. I wonder how many of us are in a wrestling match with God right now. Finally, God sees that Jacob is not going to give up. So he says, you think you're so strong on your own. But look at how fragile you really are. Jacob's struggle for control leads to a crisis, which leads him with a lifelong reminder. 
God uses this moment to show Jacob how weak he really is in the grand scheme. Stubborn self-reliance in a season like the one we're in right now will lead you into crisis. Some of us are in this place worn out and exhausted from the wrestling match, from trying to stay in control, and maybe you're in a new crisis as a result. See, I think many of us are facing different levels of crisis outside of the pandemic. A result of this season and the tension and the stress and the disengagement from community has been many of us entering crisis. I don't believe God will create a crisis for you. But I do believe He will use the one you created to teach you your need for Him. And that's what it took for Jacob to start giving over his control. Jesus would say it this way. We read this passage last week. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's time to stop fighting. To stop trying to do this all by yourself. To stop thinking that you are enough. You need to stop thinking that you can keep it all bottled up and keep pressing on. Stop pushing away whatever community you're actually able to have right now. Stop fighting God for control over an uncontrollable season. Go to Jesus. Turn it over to Him. Let Him in. And He will give you rest. And with His rest comes a new strength. And the kind of rest that Jesus talks about here is an inactivity. That's a misunderstanding of rest in general. Rest isn't just inactivity. It's a condition of your soul. It's doing something that fills you up instead of draining you. Jesus says, I will give you rest by giving you new strength to do a job I'm going to give you, to work in the purpose I created you for with what is underneath my authority. In verse 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's an interesting fact. There's two different Greek words that were used at the time for yoke. One is a cheap yoke. This is the harness that put on an animal just to pull a plow. and It's a one-size-fit-all yoke. And the first kind, the one-size-fit-all yoke, was very uncomfortable for the animal. It left marks and it would lead to an animal being worn out or retired sooner. Then there's the word Jesus used here for yoke. It means a custom fit yoke. One that is measured out just for the animal. That fit them properly and made the job comfortable and sustainable. I believe God created you with a purpose, even in this moment. And when you give control to Him... And let Him use you to do a work in you and through you. It, it will provide rest for your soul. I believe your purpose still exists in this season. Part of this, this, this vision Sunday that I'm working on for a few weeks from now is to help show you how to discover that even now in this season. But I believe there are ways that you can discern your purpose right now even outside of what used to be normal for you. And when you do, when you begin to say, hey, it feels good for me to do this, or here's a way that I think I could serve my neighbors right now, or here's a way that I could serve my coworkers right now. When you begin to do those things, it starts to give you a kind of rest, a kind of restoration in your spirit that is bigger than anything you can get on your own. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, those who trust in the Lord, those who are allow God to have control over their lives, not themselves, 
will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Maybe you've been tired in this season the way that I've been tired because you have been trying to do it on your own. I keep hearing God say to me, John Mark, you need to, you need to let me lead you in this season. You need to let me have control of whatever happens next. If, if we can do this, if we can allow God to have control, even in a season where nothing seems to make sense, he says, be like we're soaring on wings of eagles. We'll run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. Give up control and get new strength. Real rest. I like that he used eagles as an example here because it's almost July 4th. Or it was July 4th yesterday. It was July 4th yesterday. And I like that he uses eagles here because I think it's intentional. Have you ever seen an eagle fly? My parents have a pond behind their house. And the, the pond had some bald eagles living in a big pine tree. And they were eating all the bass out of the pond. It was actually a real problem. But I was out there one time and this eagle gets out of this tree and starts going. He starts swooping down. And when you see this big bird fly... This is the most patriotic thing I've ever seen. I started, I put my hand over my heart. I started singing, oh, say, I was ready. You know, I was like, I get it. I get it. I understand it now. And uh, this bird, when it flies, it doesn't, if you've ever seen an eagle fly, it doesn't flap its wings very much. It uses thermal currents to sustain its flight. It'll do one big flap every so often. And then it just kind of, just kind of cruises. See, it's flying faster farther than most birds ever could, but it's not doing a whole lot of work to get there. You ever seen a little bird fly? A bird that uses its own strength to fly? They're flapping their wings all crazy, just, just flipping and flopping. Some of y'all, this is what you look like right now, trying to do it on your own. Out there flapping and flopping and just not getting anywhere really fast. And meanwhile, if you would just give up God control to your life, you'd gain a new strength and you'd be able to move under somebody else, under his power and not your own. I got distracted in that bird story. Let me get back on track. Number two, you'll get a new identity. A new identity. Let's talk about names for a minute. Jacob's name meant liar, manipulator, deceiver. And this is how Jacob lived his life. Lying and manipulating through every situation. I wonder what label or name you've allowed to define you and determine how you respond to life as it comes. Genesis 32, 27-28. After the wrestling match, the man says, What is your name? And he replied, Jacob. Well, you will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel. Because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Jacob finally quits fighting and God gives him a new identity. He says, Jacob, you've been living your life by this script. And it's led you into nothing but frustration and pain. And I wonder what script you've been living by. What do you believe about yourself that you allow to define you? God wants to replace it with a new script. The one that you were made to have. You don't have to be defined by your past, or by your current misgivings for another moment. It's time to release control to God, and He will give you a new name. Jacob's name becomes Israel. Israel has two meanings, and both define his future. One means he who struggles with God, and the other is prince 
of God. He struggled with God. He would continue to struggle with God. But in the process of learning to release control, he gained a new identity. And instead of a liar, he would become a prince. God doesn't define you by your past. He defines you by your potential. Jesus changes some names around as well. In John 1.42 it says, And he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Peter. Simon means listener, observer, spectator. Peter means rock, foundation. In other words, you aren't just going to sit by and watch this happen. You are going to be a part of what holds it together and makes it strong. Let God change your identity. In this season, offer your name up to Him. And instead of trying to build your own name or let your past give one, or let, it's, time, it's time for us, instead of trying to define who we are based on our past mistakes or our current perception of ourselves, it's time to release this control to the one who made us and allow the one who created you to restore in you the name you were made to wear and become who He's made you to be. The third thing that happens when you release control to God is this. You get a new joy. You get joy. Okay, here's the thing. If you begin to go before God and release your need to control your life, and if you release your need to control the outcome of your problems and your need to manipulate circumstances, if you learn how to come before God and turn all of those things over to Him, if you learn how to release control of your problems to Him, if you learn how to go in front of God and say, God, I'm not going to try to control the current global crisis of everything anymore. I'm not going to. Do you know what will happen? The crisis will still exist. If you learn to give God control of the problems in your life, odds are that in the next moment after that, those problems are still going to be there. It's not a magic spell. It doesn't make you all of a sudden immune to the economic crisis or to the pandemic or to the social unrest. If you're unsatisfied with the station you currently have in life and decide you're going to stop trying to control it and release it to God, your station isn't going to suddenly change. The Kmart stock that you bought in 1995 isn't going to come back. It's gone. It's over. But something will change. You will receive joy. And you need to know what it is so you can recognize it when you receive it. See, joy is not happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is the feeling you get when the pizza hits the table. Happiness is the feeling you get when things start to swing your way. And since happiness is circumstantial, it comes and goes. Nobody's happy all the time. Joy is not like that. You can experience joy no matter your circumstances. Joy is a contentment and a satisfaction that comes from deep inside your spirit. Look back at the story, verse 29. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want him to know my name? The man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. Blessed Jacob there. Blessing means internal joy and fulfillment. That's what Jacob received when he turned control over to God. There is a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible says. And so here's a few things 
that I want to share with you today. As we, if, we, if we were to say, okay, Jacob, I get it. Maybe it's best if I release control of my life to God. And if, if he were to sit down and say, okay, that's great. Here's a couple more things you need to know. Here's what I think he would say. First, brokenness precedes breakthrough. I want you to remember the nature of God. God describes himself in Exodus chapter 34 by saying he is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, maintaining love and righteousness. So you can go to God with your brokenness. He will respond to you in compassion and love, not anger and judgment. Allow the brokenness you're feeling in this season to lead you to God. And let that brokenness lead to a breakthrough in your relationship with Him. And maybe in your brokenness, you will learn to finally release control to Him. We cannot be who God intends us to be and hold on to what we think we should be. We can't control it anymore. When you approach God in prayer, don't approach with a closed fist around your life asking God to help you maintain that control. He won't do that. Approach Him with open hands and let God take control and He will answer those prayers. Before I knew Jesus, I was angry and bitter. And I lived recklessly, doing dangerous things in my job, drinking heavily, and doing a whole lot of other things that were, that were reckless. And I was mean to people. I made them feel as small as I felt in that season. And I was broken. And I had a depression inside of me that was like a black hole growing and sucking all the life uh, within me out. And it was in that broken and shattered state, as lost as I've ever felt, that I finally stopped trying to manipulate my circumstances. That I finally let go. It was in this broken and shattered state that I fell to my knees before God and said, I'm yours, all of me, every moment, every decision, take it. I release control. And there has been struggle and sacrifice between there and here. But inside of me, what happened right away was some of that darkness was replaced with light. And the weakness was replaced with with strength. And the names I lived by were changed. And the sadness was replaced with real, true joy. Psalm 51.17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Again, here we are again, talking about humility. Humility is the cure for heavy. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. So many times it takes absolute brokenness for us to get the breakthrough we've been looking for in our lives. Maybe long before COVID-19 showed up, you were broken. And you, you, were, you were experiencing hurt and pain on a daily basis. You've been trying to control your outcomes and it's not been working. And you've been exhausted. And now, with this crisis here, things have only gotten worse. 
but you've remained proud. You've said, I can do this. I can get through it. I can carry it on my own. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I don't think I can. I don't have, I don't have the strength to do it by myself. I'm too tired. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm afraid. I've not done a very good job of controlling things on my own. And so I release things to you. I give it up to you. I surrender this moment to you. I surrender the control of my life over to you. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. And in that moment of breakthrough, it says, when we humble ourselves before God, He lifts us up with His mighty hand. He can lift you up today. He can put joy back in your heart today. He can begin to give you the peace in knowing that it is not your responsibility to control the outcome of this season today. If you can just allow Him to have control. The second thing Jacob would tell us is that sometimes you've got to lose yourself in order to find yourself. Here's what I mean by this. You've got to let God lead. It's time to start praying prayers of submission. Mark 8, 34, the message version says this, calling to the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. In the NLT, it says, if you try to hang on your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. So I know it's scary to trust God in this way, to go all in and say, God, I give my, my life to you. I give control over what happens next to you. And I know that's scary because we all feel like we need control. We spend our adolescence clamoring for some kind of control, and then we spend our adulthood clinging tight to it. But here's what I realized in my life. That wasn't working. Life under my control was broken and empty. It wasn't until I went all in and gave my whole life to Jesus that I found joy and meaning and fulfillment. And in every season where I've tried to take back control since then, including this one, it's not until I'm willing to lose that, to let it go, to submit to allowing Jesus to be in the driver's seat, to say, God, I'm giving you every moment of whatever happens next that I began to find peace again. I know that it's scary to do this and that it's unnatural and it feels like everything in us is fighting against it. But here's what I would encourage you to do. Surrender everything that you are to Him. Go all in. Get on your knees. We, we used to, to say, uh, go all in and give us a year and do it all. And just because you can't do it on a Sunday morning in the way that we used to doesn't mean you can't surrender and go all in and give God a year. Here's what I mean. I mean it's time for you to surrender control over your life. To start to do the things Jesus told you would benefit you and would help you be more and more like Him. Meaning wake up in the morning and get on your knees and pray and say, God, today I give you control of every outcome. I surrender every moment to you. I worship you and I follow you. Pray and worship and study Scripture every single day. Get in community in whatever way that you can. If you're not comfortable in a gather home, then find another way. Put a Zoom group together. But just go all in and start to get around people. Begin to uh, find yourself moving forward one little step at a time. Not trying to control what happens, but allowing God to have control and just see what happens.
When you begin to lose yourself in that way, I believe you find yourself like you never thought you could. And the last thing is this, as we close tonight. When you find yourself on God's terms, I believe you will find absolute and complete fulfillment. I know that there, there is this unsettled feeling that we all kind of live with right now, that we're, we're kind of getting used to, just this uncomfortable, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel or believe or think tomorrow, so I'm just going to kind of wake up and, and just kind of go for it. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out, and it's hard. I know that. And I know that it feels like fulfillment and satisfaction are somewhere on the other side of this pandemic, the other side of this political moment, the other side of the cultural moment, the other side of whatever moment we find ourselves in right now. But I don't believe that's true. I believe you can have fulfillment in your heart right now in this season. I believe you can have satisfaction in your heart right now in this season. Blessing, joy, and peace right now in this season. When you find yourself on God's terms, you find fulfillment. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offer. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, constantly fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you this is the message version and I love it for a lot of reasons but I love that this, this, this is just Paul leveling with us and saying, hey guys, it's time to release control of your life. Give every part of your life, your daily, ordinary, walking around life, give it to God as an offering. Say it's yours. I give you control over it. I trust you with the outcome of it. I trust you to care for me in it and through it. I trust that you care as much about what happens to me on the other side of this as, as, as I do or more. And so I trust you with it. See, right now our culture is constantly trying to drag us down. There's so much division and pain going around. And some of it is a good moment for us to wake up and say, hey, hold on, what's going on? Some of it's been good. A lot of it has been people who should be showing love and care and unity in a hard season to one another, instead showing division, anger, and pain to one another. And I think that as followers of Jesus, now more than ever, it is so important for us to keep our attention on the thing that matters most. To allow God to have this control in our life that we've been holding on to, to give it over to Him and say, God, it's yours. I'm yours. So use me today to offer hope to people. Use me today to bring your gospel to people. Use me today to serve somebody. I don't need to know 
what things look like on the other side. I'm yours right now here today. Here I am. Send me. Use me. Approach God in this way. Get on your knees and offer Him control. Stop trying to control the current outcome. We don't have control over it. It's no use to get frustrated about it. Don't get so fed up. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and the hope He gives you. Keep letting Him use you and change you during this and allow Him to have control. He knew you were going to face this moment. Let that sink in. Wherever you are in life, whatever calling you've got, whatever purpose you've been serving in, however you've been wired, when He made you, when He formed you, when He gave you the gifts you have, when He put what's in you, in you, the things that make you, 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 in you, when He created you with a purpose, He knew that at some point in your life, that purpose was going to enter this cultural moment. He knew it. And He had a plan for it. And He had a way to use you in it. And He has a way that He can use you in it right now. And He can see the other side of it and He knows where it's going. He knows the ways you'll be changed by it. He knows the ways that you can become better through it. He knows the ways it's going to prepare you for things that are coming you don't know about yet. You see, He sees the big picture. We're just going page to page. It's silly for us to try to control it anymore. Release it over to Him. Give Him the control over your life. Trust that He is good. Trust that He made you for this and see what He can do through you in it. If you're in here today, if you're watching and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and all you've ever known is how to control it on your own, this is the moment where you can get on your knees, humble yourself before Him and He will lift you up with His mighty hand. Just say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for who You are. I thank you that you are good in every season. I thank you that you are in control, that even when it feels like there is no control, God, you are in control. And so, Lord, I just I ask that you would forgive me of every sin, every mistake. I confess they are many. I give them to you. I believe in you and I give my life to you. And I will follow you with all that I am in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.